another episode of Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. How's it going? And as a reminder, we are brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Chuck in a buck just to say hi and get all your names on the any really the streams or the YouTube videos we put up. Five bucks gets you all, all of our monthly exclusive content. Usually we put up like one special thing, maybe two a month. And that is exclusive to that. You get the whole backlog when you sign up. $15 US, $20 international gets you the monthly swag bag mailing. And of course, in order to be eligible for that, you have to sign up by the 10th. Um, and so by the time you hear this, mo- this month will be done. But I have already ordered everything. So those should hopefully be going out as soon as the cards arrive. Also, we are now have a place for you to get playmats up on Inked Gaming. We also have an affiliate link with them. So if you don't want to buy our playmats, it, I mean... You know, you should because we have a playmat about snowboards and broken cards and who doesn't want right. that, right? Mm-hmm. So there's going to be two links in the description now. Uh, Crew3MTG.com, a domain I've, been, domain I've been sitting on for a while now, will redirect you to the mat store. Uh, or there's going to be a bit.ly link that is just our affiliate code if you want to buy anything else. So we've got those two things going for you. All right, gentlemen. How are you all doing? Pretty good. Fantastic. Uh, you guys, uh, I know you guys have been doing draft. You want to talk about draft for a few minutes before you go into the the pioneer meta? Yeah, Ricky, uh, jump on it as our uh, draft overlord. <clears throat> this is such a good draft format. Uh, it's a very complicated draft format. There's a lot of weird stuff and a lot of weird archetypes, and also very straightforward tribal archetypes. Uh, a lot of odd card types, like a lot of sagas that are interacted with. Like bounce spells are way better because you can stop the dreaded chapter three from happening a lot of the times. Uh, I've been having a blast playing Cal time. I, this is one of the sets where I put two or three boxes in a, in a basement somewhere and bring them out for special occasions like champagne at a party. Where do you have a basement <laughs> in Texas? I don't have a basement. Uh, I lied about the basement, but you know, it would probably make a really good movie if we could go looking for Texas's basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe because a bike was stolen and then right in the middle of the movie if we just scared all the kids i I don't see how we don't make all the money what so are you just burying booster boxes and coffee cans in the backyard uh yes actually and then (laughs) some of them are buried under a piece of volcanic rock right so that way your friend from prison can find you after he gets out exactly exactly once he gets out of the prison that is uh uh infinite m21 core drafts oh no I was I was gonna say infinite uh, pre companion fix Ikoria drafts. <laughs> <laughs> oh so my gosh. that draft Those format wasn't that draft format wasn't fair. No, uh, no I had not. a lot of fun uh, because <laughs> because I got to draft so many companions. I think I had one like every other draft. All right, Chris. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you gonna say? No, I was just starting because I I heard a little and you guys you you had a great. Um, I'm excited. It looks like there's going to be a little group of us, some of our friend group is playing, and we're all playing a lot of draft and, and doing well, so I'm happy about that. One thing I'm not happy with, I mean, I'm a little more mum on the draft format just because it's, it's just so wonky. I do love it. Like, I've played so much draft. It is a lot of fun. I will say that much. I've been getting a little bit annoyed because my opponent's red cards are killing my creatures, and that's really upsetting to me. I missed my color pie where green was the only thing that had removal, you know? I, I, I just, was wondering where this is going. And this is, I just this is get so tired of my opponent has some red card. It deals like four damage. And I'm like, no, no, no. Green cards are the ones that deal damage because my creature deals damage to your creature. You know? Right. And if anything, this set needed more green cards that do that and less red cards that do that because it's just it's just ridiculous. You know, green's, green is you know supposed to draw cards in green. That's my pack mate. And then my creatures deal damage. And then also I ramp. And then also I gain life. You know, green's the color of everything. We don't need other colors, actually. I just just green for everything. I will say that it's very nice and refreshing to not have to worry about one-sided fight. Though Blizzard Brawl often feels like a one-sided fight. It can be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very much not just safe to just struggle for Skemfar at anything. There's no more Rabid Bites, just like, yep, Rabid Bite your guy. Who cares? Um, you, I think in all of out. my seven-win drafts, like... Uh, I, I started off low, so like my record <laughs> in draft is not super amazing, but I've been like seven winning, maybe like 30 to 40% of the drafts I've been doing, but that's starting from bronze, not starting in platinum or anything, right? Starting from starting from the bottom, now we're here. 
Uh, and I think in each of those drafts, I had green. <laughs> I think every single one of them involved green to some extent. There might have been like one um, black red. But other than that, the rest of them have involved green. I'm just, I'm all in on the green. I love my drawn cards. I love my fights. I love all of it now. I love the interplay of the two main mechanics of the set. It's like been a long time since I've seen a set that had so much interplay between the two mechanics. Those mechanics being foretell and boast. Mm -hmm. And like foretell is this loss of tempo to pseudo ramp your cards and protect them from discard spells and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But you don't build your board when you're just foretelling a bunch of cards and boast is this ultra aggressive commit more mana into your attack step Mm -hmm. uh, ability where it's like you just turn your guys sideways and you get benefit for doing it. And it creates this, these great games where you're playing either an aggro deck or you're playing the more controlling foretell deck. Even if you feel like you're a more aggressive deck with foretell, there are some weird like double spell foretell aggro decks, but for the most part, it's like very much there's a beatdown player and a control player in almost every game, and you try to figure out where you get to foretell, where you need to commit to a big attack, things like that. Yeah, very true, very true. I um, I definitely really enjoy this draft format now that I've just accepted that green is the best color and everything. <laughs> I really don't think it is. Uh, <laughs> I think that like five color snow is probably like the best deck or blue green snow if you can get it. Right. Because so many people are trying to get it now, it really makes like the black red berserker or the red blue giants deck just like so much better. I know you're not high on them, but the white aggressive decks go so freaking. I was gonna say I've I've heard the Boros yeah. decks have been really good lately. I'm yeah. gonna tell you, I have never succeeded with a white draft deck. I've seven wind once with a white blue foretell deck. Mm-hmm. I've drafted every white mythic, every single possible white mythic in this set even multiple white mythics per deck. They don't do anything. Resplendent Marshall doesn't do anything. Like, oh, I disagree. Kaya can be good sometimes. I just, it's not there for me. The oomph isn't there. I, I think the problem that I've seen, honestly, is that like, like when I'm drafting white, it's because I'm getting like all of the premier cards because nobody else is drafting. It. Like I think if you've got competition at the table for white cards, it's tough. Whereas like multiple people, I think in your in your table can draft successfully like a blue green snow and, and have some success. Uh, but the white decks I've drafted are because like I'm getting most of the premier stuff and I've been doing actually some of my white decks have been the best after green, right? Like green's been my number one, but you know, I'm draft. I've got a green white deck now because the green white land I think is one of the better ones. Uh, just with that lifelink and the plus one, plus one vigilance thing. Uh, I really love that. And I think that's a deck that, again, you have to get the cards for it, but because there's so many good green cards, and if you can get the best white cards, I think you're there. I will tell you the card that I've been the most impressed by. That I, I saw the card and I was like, oh, instant, never pick this card. Mm-hmm. Is the gold pick. The, oh, uh, yeah. The gold vein pick. The pickaxe, whatever. Mm-hmm. That card is so insanely good. It punishes your opponent for foretelling on turns two and three so much. Mm -hmm. Like if you play like a one drop or a two drop and then your opponent just foretells their card, you get to like play pickaxe, equip, and now you're ramped above them. Right. It's just like so huge. And now they're just like struggling to not let the pickaxe connect anymore or else they're going to fall further behind in mana. Insanely good card. All right. I know you guys can talk about draft forever, and maybe this is what we do for the the monthly exclusive episode. Because I, I mean, I think a draft, an early Kaldheim draft guy, could do people some good. At least you know, give our thoughts on the limited format. You, you two especially. I mean, I've just I've had for, a whole lot of time to draft. So good for wild cards for the future pioneer set. Yeah, I I need to. I just you know, I do time. I do I do so much of our content stuff you that do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play Magic when I'm not making content. That's why I've just <laughs> been like true. soloing TFT lately and stuff like that. Nope, makes sense to me. All right, so let's move on to our first week of the Pioneer Metagame Breakdown. We're, I was going to give it like another week, but I think there's enough deck lists here that are kind of interesting. That'll be, it'll be interesting to me to, I think, see how long so these decks hold on, what gets moved in, moved out. So let's get down to it. Starting mm-hmm. at number – and of course this is based on a 14-day – metagame breakdowns that's enough that we can have see the impact of Kaldheim cards right so 14 days in number 12 of course this is by mtg goldfish when we record on monday evenings uh but for now it looks like both the challenges were in 
and the leagues and our event, which we'll talk about here in a minute. So let's get to it. At number 12 with 2.1% of the meta is Mono Black Vampires. And at number 11 with 3% is Mono Red Aggro. And at number 10 with 3.5% is Featherless Feather. And at number 9 with 4.2% is Orzov Auras. And at number 8 is Azorius Spirits with 5.3%. And at number 7 is Mono Black Aggro at 5.8%. And at number 6 is Oops All Spells with 6.1%. And at number 5 is 6.3% with Niv to Light. And at number 4, Lurus Burn with 7.2%. Four color Omnath at number three with 8.1. Monogreen Planeswalkers holding it strong at number two with 11.2. And Wilderness Wreck at 16.1. Staying on top, but of course, that Wilderness Wreck includes Teamer, the Sultilus. Teamer's kind of taken over lately, but uh, there's a new kid on the block when it comes to Reclamation in the form of four color Reclamation, which I think is going to be a pretty big talking point for this week. Um, and so we'll come back to that here in just a second. So there's now three flavors of Reclamation to choose from, really. Um, Niv to Light's on the rise. We haven't seen that deck break the top five in quite a while. And again, that's going to be a deck we're going to see why, because this week's episode is going to be talking about some of our the early impact of Kaldheim, now that we get a feel for the format, some of just our, the cards we're liking more that we've actually gotten to play with them, the cards we're liking less. So let's get into these challenges, shall we? Uh, first up, we're going to start with our challenge. Uh, we're going to just... Uh, so shout-outs, of course, every month we do the week, the monthly webcam event, which is the first weekend of every month. Uh, this week we had a good, solid group here. We upped the, the proxy count for this one just for Kaldheim cards. Uh, we'll probably drop back down to the usual 12 proxies we allow uh, for next month since people should be able to start getting their Kaldheim cards. A good mix here, and of course, the finals was... A ma match between Servo Token, our eventual new current and I guess current champion, uh, the second two-time champion next to Wonky Wombat, with that four-color reclamation deck list, and then former champion now Mild Pro holding strong with monitoring Planeswalkers, featuring a card that looked very very good in practice in the form of Old Growth Troll, a card that I was super excited to see get printed, and I'm gonna probably have to figure out a way to mess around with it myself at some point here. Um, do you guys want to talk about four color reclamation? Do we want to go to the challenges? What do we want to do here? I'm thinking we just save actual deck list talk for when we start talking about just the impact of Kaldheim. Sounds good. I, I mean, I, I also really liked, we had a, uh, a Kev man in our challenge that has a deck that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we can get back to that later if we want to, uh, get onto the other challenges that happened. Uh, I mean, we can talk about that one real fast. There doesn't really focus on a lot of, um, so they have any Kaldheim cards in it. They do not have Kaldheim cards, but they have very interesting cards, uh, in my mm. opinion. Uh, playing a red-green aggro deck uh, with Voltaic Brawler. Yeah. To come off of the Burning Tree Emissary for the perfect one red, one green. That seems pretty spicy. I, it's been a while since I've seen Voltaic Brawler. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the card, though. Yeah. I, I played a red-green Brooks. I was continuing the the gi Tribal Giants week, and uh, I knew it was going to be bad going in, but boy, did it, did it go way worse than I expected, which is going to lead into some of my early card impressions of uh, of Kaldheim with my experience of just really jamming Giants last week. But I got a bunch of brews coming up. I think this week's stream, uh, really, they would have had by the time you guys listened to them, are probably going to be rounding out the Tribal episodes. We'll probably do a, a Dwarves and then a, an elf stream um, and then we'll move on to more to sort of Bruce. Let's check on the challenges in the on February 6th, that the Saturday challenge uh, with the top eight. We have uh, eighth place mono red, seventh place Luris burn, sixth place blue white control. No doom scar here. That's a little surprising there. Uh, fifth place we have straight blue black. It is a hell of a blue-black control deck. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw this deck. Uh, we're playing Yeheni's Expertise. Yeah. We're playing Inscription of Ruin. We're playing Days Undoing to combo with our Narset. We've seen this deck kind of finish once or twice here and there. Uh, that's actually how you got to take a pie for Seagate Oracles is a deck similar to this. Um, yeah, but we're, we've got real creatures this time with Kalidus, Thing in the Ice, and Jace. Oh, the, the deck played those cards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, gotta love to see Gyre Reach Sanitarium. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, in card. fourth place, we have Lotus Combo. In third place, we have Mono Red, just straight Mono Red Aggro Deckless. Second place, we have Trapped of the Zorius Spirits. And first place, uh, Batutinha? I'm, I'm sure I butchered that. With Featherless Feather. Featherless Feather is such an interesting deck. I always want to build this deck and just never do it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course... Boy, is there a bunch of Niv to Light and Four Color Reclamation in this one. That was that was the those two were definitely the new hotness for the week. Right. The Niv to Light deck, definitely the uh the standout of the weekend, which we will get to later. Yeah, that that and four color rec I definitely think killed it this weekend. In the next Pioneer Challenge, we have Oops All Spells at number eight, seventh place Niv to Light, sixth place Featherless Feather. Let me double check that. Yep, Featherless Feather. Fifth place Azorius Spirits, not by Trap this time. Fourth place, uh, we have Rakdos Pyromancer playing New Valky, a card we're definitely going to be talking about here shortly. And uh, I did was able to verify that it's not, in fact, the poker playing Phil Helmuth. <laughs> in third place, we have T-Marek. Second place, Vampires. First place, Oops, All Spells. And the rest of this challenge, that sure is a lot of Niv to Light and Four Color Omnath. How would you notice that uh, in that Rakdos deck... Uh... They are prepared for the future that is coming. Oh? Oh, yes. Snow-covered mountains and snow-covered swamps with not a single payoff to your snow cards. There you <laughs> go. That's the way it should be. I think Traft also... Yeah, Traft plays snow-covered basics. Why not? Yeah, why, would you, why would you not? I'm it's not going to get punished for playing them. Yeah, who's casting <laughs> Redanes? No one. No one's casting Redane. All right. Anything you want to talk about in the leagues? Um, yeah, I, got, I do want to. Oh, I go got, ahead. I got these leagues for you. Okay. Okay. In these leagues, there's five decks that are the same deck and Watsi didn't catch on. Because they are all decks that uh, have this really, really garbage card that, you know, we were all talking about. And I think we all just hated this card. It's just so bad. It's called The World Tree. Uh, anyway, this card's terrible. I don't know why anybody's playing it. But it turns out, if you activate it, you just win the game. So uh, there's also this little enchantment called Wilderness's Reclamation. And it lets you untap all of your lands. So you can just float all your mana, untap, tap them again to activate it once you've got like six lands in play. Pretty wow. cool. Yeah. If I only mean, there was a way to assure are, are that there, I had... Are there any any specific decks we want to talk about before we talk about <laughs> Caldine Impact? <laughs> well... Again, there's about five different lists that have these. Uh, most of them are Wilderness Reclamation, and a lot of them are Teamer, uh, but some of them are kind of like Sultai variants. So mm-hmm. if you want a fun version, in my opinion, if you're somebody who doesn't like to play, you know, just a standard list that's kind of like net decked from like a top thing and want a little more fun, this is a little bit more off the beaten path, right? Like it's something a little bit nifty. You're playing the World Tree, you're playing Wilderness Reclamation, and you just throw some amount of gods in there, right? For Perforos, I like Clothis the best. That's one that I think you could actually play if you draw it, because um, you obviously need a certain number of gods in order to actually win the game in case you draw one or two of your Perforos. But yeah. other than that, just an, an idea for kind of a Wilderness Reclamation deck that has kind of a combo finish, kind of funsies. You know, Wilderness Reclamation is fun, honestly, when you're not abusing it, right? Like when you're doing kind of funsy stuff. So there's quite a few lists that 5 0 this league is my whole point. Um, that are just various versions, right? None of them are the exact same, just kind of mm-hmm. similar, and they use that combo of uh, World Tree, Wilderness Reclamation, and Perforos, and the rest of the shells, whatever you want. Just have fun with it. All right, so obviously now you've already talked about the impact of Kalheim, right? Uh, but let's talk about the Valky in the room first, then we take, take a look at all the other cards mm-hmm. and talk uh, about our personal feelings, right? Because I feel like... Oh, oh, go ahead. All right. I know I got to, uh, to clown on you a little bit last week, but uh, I think somebody, when we discussed the top cards to impact Pioneer, someone said Valky at number one of the list, and I got laughed at. Well, that was before we realized you could uh, cheese cast it. <laughs> this is also, also, I want to point out, Ricky didn't realize that. Right. Until five hours ago. Right. right I mean, right, I right. saw the deck list come in. I, I knew Valky was going to mess with other formats. I didn't think Legacy would happen. I thought Legacy was too much of an Oko and uh, and uh, Uro format. But turns yeah. out, did you know Valky is actually a blue-green card? Yeah. So, yeah. so Explain how it about? works. Yeah. So obviously, um, if you have split cards, right? Well, split cards, their CMCs combined on the front. But it the used way- to be like that. 
That's they what cards. That. No, that's you how know, split, split cards, cards are. I know they're saying yes. They, they, it's a change. They didn't used to be like that. And that's that, why this that, is a that big was a thing. change made a couple years ago. Right. Right. Now right. with there's I think similar in that change, the the backside of car of like double face cards used to be CMC zero, but they changed that because of the planeswalkers and a few other cards. People were playing with more double face cards. We wanted to you know them not just to be fatal. But you want you don't want like your your origin planeswalkers to be fatal pushed and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm, right. They cost CMC zero. So anywhere but the stack now, your or when they're on the field, so in your deck, in your hand, that kind of stuff in the graveyard, the back side of your modal double face cards, their CMC doesn't matter. The front side is all that matters. So if you're playing a card that cascades or say Pioneer Relevant Bring to Light, you can go tutor up for the Valky. And then the game says, yeah, Valky costs two. And then you say, okay, but I want to put Tybalt into play instead. And the, the game says, yep, Valky costs two. Yep. Well, and I, I think it specifically has to work with cards that cast, right? Because, like, when you cast a card, you choose which side you're casting. Yes. Yes, cast definitely. If it if it would just put them into play, it would just only let you put the front side into play, which is why Uro doesn't let you put the back side of double face lands into play. Right. And also yeah. – uh, the World Tree can't put Tybalt into play. The World Tree cannot put Tybalt into play. It can correct. put Valky into play, but not Tybalt. Put Valky into play. So obviously, you know, legacy. One legacy challenges. It's just all of modern now. I've seen people start putting in entries for refunds for modern events because of all the Valkys running around and getting uh, them. Yeah, because that format has just turned into Tybalt's trickery or Valky decks, right? Mm-hmm. And then it and then Pioneer. Again, we only really have Bring to Light, which is why it. I sort of figured it out after we recorded last week's episode because I was like, oh, that's kind of weird uh, that Niv to Light was playing Valky. Uh, Val- Valky. Mm-hmm. And that, that's when I realized, like, sort of after we recorded, I would have mentioned on the episode otherwise. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so you could Bring to Light for your Valky. Yeah, for, for Valky, then put Tibbleton into play. Mm-hmm. And you don't even need all five colors. No, you just need two colors. You just need the blue and the green you need to cast the card. Yeah. So, I'd like to welcome you to a world where we play four Uro, four Bring to Light, four Valky, and have perfect mana, because we don't need to play any other colors than blue-green. Blue-green are the only colors that matter to Wizards of the Coast. There you go. I also want to point out that that because of this interaction, it's down a little bit now. Valky spiked to 100 ticks over the weekend. Hell yeah. (laughs) Wow. So obviously, that needs to be adjusted, um, but you know it doesn't impact standard or historic. So we'll we'll see how long this takes. We're going to start the clock now, and uh, we will we will stop the clock and turn back the apocalypse when probably an errata happens. Right? That's what I'm guessing. We're going to see something happen similar to split cards, similar to companion. Where we're just going to see some sort of errata to fix this this interaction. Right? Yeah. If how I can't. Many- if I can't cast a research and development off of an Isochron Scepter, I'm I'm gonna riot. That's for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like if I don't get my fun, nobody else can have their fun. All I'm saying is, how many sets now? How many sets where the Marquee Mythic is just needing to be banned or reworked? Right. Like I, I mean, mean, technically, Ikoria it was not the Marquee Mythic; it was the, the Marquee, Marquee Rare Rares. Cycle, right? But yeah. like we had Omnath, right? Mm. M21 gets a gold star. Nothing broken M21. It's a fairy we were looking at with all his different arts, but didn't break. Mm. They broke the printers. Um, the printers. <laughs> the, <laughs> I like broke the printers. I like that one. <laughs> Uro from Theros Beyond Death. Right. Uh, Oko. Oko. From yeah. Throne of Eldraine. It's like, can we can we calm down just a little? I mean, they're they're, you know, opposite side because i ultimately i agree with you but like i said looking back at it i'm like well you know they're clearly trying to go into fun design space and powerful design space to see what they can get away with and again it is clearly in an attempt to be like oh look buy this broken card but you know i don't mind it because again like once you shed away those cards you're left with like a more powerful all-around set right like sets in cards that do cool things so like yeah you're gonna have one or two they're gonna be pushed over the edge right but the rest of the coins are sitting on that little that little coin game, and they're happy. They're just chilling there. It's only the kind of extreme cases that uh, that get you know need some adjustments. But I would also argue 
that Valky is a different world than those cards because those are broken on their own. Valky is broken for a core case rules interactions for a few cards that exist in the game. I think that's fair. Right. I think that's fair. But I, I think your point's still there, right? Where, like, it is a little bit funny that it still needs adjustment some way or another, you know? Yeah, it's sort of sure. It makes sense to me, because, right, because we were, we were designing double-faced modal cards. And in the first set that we're designing for, the first time we designed these cards, all of them are just lands on the back, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like, cool, lands on the back. This works. There's nothing weird about it. I mean, of course, oops, all spells happened, but, you know... That was a corner case beyond corner cases. Um, but hey, all, lands on the back, cool idea. It's like, should we test it on the ones that are spells on both sides? Nah, it's fine. The lands on the back, right? Well, I mean, I but we all, we all know that as well. They don't really test anything but standard. <laughs> yeah. 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 Could they at least test historic? I guess... Bring to light not yet in historic. No, that would no. cut that would cut into snowboard time, Ricky. What part of this corporate model are you not understanding? That would that would cut into animation design time. Yes, exactly oh, right. We'll, we'll we'll have another meeting on this. We'll have another training via PowerPoint on Wednesday. We'll go back to the Olive Garden. That's right. Safe. That's right. That's right. Yes. Neutral ground, Olive Garden, neutral ground. Man, and I just. I mean, also we have Tybalt's trickery, which we can't even talk about because, like, Tybalt's trickery was like a joke. Uh, but now real Tybalt's actually just ruining formats again. Yep. Hey, remember, I just want to point out the Discord we all laughed when I said Tybalt went from being the worst planeswalker to well, now we're going to be afraid of him. <laughs> I mean, no, I was afraid after we played Day 9 in the uh, early Access event. That's when I saw that uh, Tybalt was here to cause some mischief and he was going to be up to no good. He was going to be causing trickery. Uh, I just don't think... I think that Valky is still a fair card. No, I think Valky is great. And like, in, in the world where this interaction doesn't exist, Valky and Pioneer is going to be that just... It's still going to see play. To that, that two to three of in like the Rakdos Pyro decks. Maybe there's like a Grixis control list, right? Like it's going to have homes. I still think, you know, after they, they fix however they want to fix this, um, if they do, who knows, right? Um, I, I assume they want to fix... I hope they want to fix this. But if they don't, you know, um, who knows what happens. But if they do, if this guy drops down to like 15, 20 bucks or whatever, I think it's worth picking up like two or three of. Are you ready for the Are you ready for the big plays? The big play yeah. here is in Modern, you ban Simeon Spirit Guide because we're already okay with seven drop Planeswalkers on turn three. Oh, it's Karn? <laughs> yeah, we're okay with Karn on turn three. So why yeah. can't we just, well, like turn two is absurd, right? No, yeah. you can't Simeon Spirit Guide into your Cascade spell. But, you know, if we ban that, the format's saved. Sure. <laughs> it's just it's just funny to me. It's bizarre to me. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll keep to Pioneer. And I think, actually, the Bring Delight interaction in Pioneer is actually powerful but fair. Yeah, Bring, bring Light's five mana, right? And the, the deck doesn't play a whole lot of ramp. Like, it just relies on, like, consistent mana, right? I mean, it plays a row. And Sylvan Carotid. Sure, but that's not like pushing out as fast as possible. Like it's coming especially, out. Especially turn if, four. when you th- not, I guess, but they like they're still stumbling, right? Because they they're playing a lot of tap lands, they're playing a lot of triumphs and things sure, like that. Sure, sure. So they're probably not playing Carotid until turn three. Right. It, it could be a turn early. Like it's definitely going to be fast, but is that the most broken thing you could be doing in Pioneer? Probably not, especially when you've got no. your Team of Reclamations out there. Team of Reclamation is kind of the unnecessary bad guy, in my opinion. Uh, not that I like Uro, but just it's kind of one of the few decks casting counter spells. And and obviously, you know, we're going to talk a little about spirits in a minute if if we haven't already uh, talked enough about it. But you know, there's kind of a couple of the the police of the format coming around to say, hey, you can't be tapping out for ridiculous things. You know, it's not going to work around here. Yeah, this this meta, like we've always pointed out, it feels very aggro heavy right now, right? Um, obviously, like the whole bottom half of the meta is sort of aggressive decks, and I wouldn't be surprised if Orzov Oras finds its way back up the ladder, you know, things like that. Um, Azori Spirits has always been a deck that, excuse me, just not even just going back to my Pioneer Roots, I always think of Mono Black Aggro and Azori Spirits just being those like, those are the pillars of the format. Those are like the decks you have to know to prepare for, and if things get too messy and you get too cute, 
These are the decks that are going to keep you back down. Yeah, I want to point out long-time mono-black aggro player. Uh, MTG's name was Belovoir. I forgot, forgot the real name, but they're an MTG pro also. Uh, has mm. switched off of mono-black in favor of the Featherless Featherlist. So yeah. kind of interesting. I don't know if that's just a one-week thing to have some fun or if that's an indication of something greater. We'll see. But that's something that they had played for, what, months? I mean, even when it wasn't kind of top of the meta anymore, they were playing it consistently to top eight finishes. And now... Yeah. Switching off that, not quite, you know, uh, not quite a top 16, but close in one of the challenges. For sure. All right. So that's that's sort of Niv Delight, right? That's really what what's really pushing Niv Delight up the meta percentage right now is just that that Valky interaction, giving them another big flashy spell to win the game with. I still, um, I still hold, though, that front side Valky for like face value two mana Valky, still an insane card in Pioneer. Uh, you can like in the mirror you can take your opponent's uh, Kalidus and then become Kalidus. Mm-hmm. And that's just huge. I mean, of course, the dreams of finding Uro are always insane. I played I played Limited today and uh, played a Valky, saw my opponent's uh, four-mana Mythic Black Angel that has, like, lifelink and protection from Planeswalkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just, like, I'll take that, become that, and win the game. There we go. Easy three-step right. process. Yeah. The next big thing, obviously impact wise is the emergence of the sort of uh so again um this deck was i want to shout out brigger bridger i need to actually ask him how to how how he likes to pronounce that in the discord as soon as the world tree was spoiled he was he was on it with the god combo right Mm -hmm. of just ah you know we don't need to master with nexus we're just gonna like tutor up perforosis and just go go big and that kind of just got lost the shelf i forgot about it and then Sort of parallel thought, uh, Rav, I think it was Rav 14 last week, placed well with a similar deck list, and that got the wheels spinning, and then the Discord really came together, especially underneath, obviously, Servo Token piling the deck in the challenge, um, really making the deck work and hum, and I, I, I like some of the picks that Servo's playing here versus some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this, this is a Yorian shell, and also, I'm going to say it right now, this is the best use of Omnath right now in the format. Just you get your second land drop, hit your hit your trigger to help you activate that that world tree faster. It's better than dirling around with the um, escape of the wild, the genesis ultimatums, the extra turn spells. Right, I sure. think this is the this is the really way the to do it. Just hit a combo that just kills your opponent dead. So, like Chris said, the whole goal here is to so Servo is playing the the Yorian build. That way, we're less likely to draw our Perforoses. Um, an honest thief, as Chris mentioned, was playing a teamer build, so we cut out the Yorian side of things, and they're playing cards like Fire Prophecy to help put the the, the Perforoses back into our library mm-hmm. and keep them out of our hands. So essentially, the whole point is to just ramp as hard as possible, play the most degenerate mythics you can in this format. You got you got Omnath, you got Uro. Uh, they also play in Teferi because we can. We got Eugene the Sprite Dragon. We got the whole crew here, right? Just the powerful cards. We got some wraths here to sort of protect us. Excuse me. The whole point is to find that world tree, slap it into play, activate, search your library for any number of perforoses you have still left. Oh, excuse me. And the couple extra gods you need. The important thing here is um, Servo picked out Karanos, which is a card I totally agree with. Just if it's a god we draw early. We play so many lands in the deck, there are going to be so many times where we're just going to draw two. Half of our cards in this deck are lands. Mm-hmm. So there will be so many cases where we're going to be drawing two or bolting our opponent, which means that we have – we need less triggers of Perforos. And so the big thing here is uh, if we get to tutor up a Clothis and all four Perforos is on their own, those will all turn Perforos on. And so you will get – Four triggers from each Perforos, so that's four times six. Mm-hmm. Or four times eight, right? And then if you have any other gods that get turned on, uh, like Karanos, or you can just go find your one of Kosama. If you get your Clothis, odds are between like Omnath and all the Perforoses and the Karanos around, you can also turn on your Clothis, so that just adds more more triggers of creatures under the battlefield, right? Yeah. Right. So it's just all- it's a it's another version of the Omnath. Just ramp deck, but I think this has a more impactful combo to it, opposed to just cheating into Nugan. And we're no. Yorian, so we can play all these extra cards and be fine. I, 
I just kind of want to throw a cheeky three of BTL and two Valky in this deck. Well, it's, it's on BTL already. Exactly. So I feel like, I mean, Valky is a god, so we can find him uh-huh. off the world tree. Oh, that's funny, another, yeah. To be another trigger for the Pophoroses. I know he doesn't add to Red Devotion, uh, but I mean, we're playing a Cosmia already. It seems like a good card in this deck. Um, I feel like if we could find the room for like two Valky, just so we could get, you know, sometimes you just turn four a BTL and yeah. instead you want a Tybalt that can exile your opponent's permanents and recast them ourselves and, mm-hmm. you know, just win the game. Just win the game. It's my favorite thing to do. Not that uh, so World that, Tree doesn't win the game. World Tree also yeah. wins the game. But uh, The other real big, I guess, innovation I can think of with Kaltheim and Pioneer is in... Do they place... No, they weren't in our top here. Uh, but there were some of the Luka deck lists, which are now really playing Transmogrify. And they are really... They, they got a new card in Asika's Chariot, which gives them access to a four mana, make two more tokens... And then it just also sort of lets them end the game on its own, right? Just if they can't find the Transmogrify, well, the Chariot can at least end the game on its own. Yep, cats and, and you, baskets. If, yeah, exactly. I will also say this deck is uh, uh, a lot of fun looking. It's also prohibitively expensive. Like, Pofroses are like 20 bucks each, right? Like 15-ish, right? Oh, the the, the Reclamation deck? Yeah, the uh, Oros, of course, are going to go run you about like 45 each. Yeah, this is definitely the opposite kind of deck that Servo Token usually builds out of the, out of the budget line, right? Right. Uh, good to see that when they left the budget, they left the entire budget. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Servo's been on the you know, like at least in the monthlies, they've been big on the the Yorians, So yeah, sure. and um, eighty is the new sixty, right? Yep. I've got an interesting card that I I think people should keep their their eye on if it's a good time. Yeah, do we want to start going over just cards that really we're thinking less of now that we've gotten a little more chance to play with them? Uh, cards are maybe higher up on. Yeah, I, I've got yeah. a card that I think is it may have made maybe my uh, for sure it made my top ten, maybe it made my top five, and that is you mentioned a minute ago, uh, Cosima, God of the Voyage, mm-hmm. uh, because I've been shown this card in combination, and you know if it gets banned potentially in replacement of Uro as just a creature that just draws you a lot of cards especially in the ramp-fueled metagame that we're in. It's really best friends with Uro because obviously it's going to put... Uro puts lands on the field. This starts drawing you cards for every land you've played since it got exiled and becomes bigger. So, you know, um, Blue Goyf might be an overstatement. Obviously, this is not going to be around too much, but it gets... So this thing gets big fast, especially in a world with fetch lands, which is where I first saw this card, is in formats with fetch lands. We obviously just have Fabled Passage, but between Fabled Passage... And, um, you know, Uro and the green-blue instant that puts a land to play that for some reason I keep forgetting. Growth Spiral. Growth Spiral, yep. Uh, you know, particularly in blue-green shells, I think this card really does a lot. It's only a dollar. I don't think that the card's format breaking, but I've seen it so much in combination with extra land effects that it comes back into play and draws you four to five cards in some of those grandier matchups, and that's huge, right? Like, once you resolve it on turn three, it draws you your cards later, and it can't be countered once you do that. The ability could technically be countered, but most people aren't doing that. So just a card I'm, that I uh, have my up list. I was looking this weekend. Showcase foils are like five bucks right now. Mm-hmm. I might pick up like three of them. On Cosima? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you'd be right. Again, you're not frequently casting the Omen Keel, but you could, right, if you wanted yeah. to get if you wanted to beat down. Uh, but I think that the card advantage this card offers is is huge. I mean, you're talking about blue-green land decks. I was definitely uh, an upcoming stream, or at least the deck tech is going to be Blue green lands with like Scoot Swarm and like Kosama and Uro and stuff. So, yep. Yeah. I think I said, I just, I've really come around to exactly what you said. Kind of, you know, people showing me the way of, hey, with extra lands, that's where this thing gets bonkers. Eric, you got, you got something you're higher up on, lower on? The weirdest card in the entire set. And it's actually good. Who knew? Mm -hmm. Dream Devourer. Oh, the pre foretell card, right? Everything gets foretell? Yeah, it's yeah. just a it's just a ramp spell. Yep. In any deck that can play at one black mana zero three. Uh also randomly a cleric, which could matter, probably not. Because like cleric. all you want to do with it is just play just this on like turn <laughs> two with like a Lana Elf on turn one, and then also foretell your Ugin. 
And then that's sure. it. The end. Like, Wouldn't or, like, the mono green, like, Eldrazi ramp deck, like, the mono green ramp decks, I honestly think this card should be, like, we can, we live in a world where we have the green-black pathway, the green-black fast land, and overgrown tomb. You can afford to splash black for this card, and this card lets you just make a down payment on any of your big stupid cards. Like, the problem is all, all of your ramp spells search up basics. Um, we can still play basics and play this card. I think this card is very good. It's I definitely think, good in standard, and I think it will be good in pioneer eventually. Uh, like just it makes the six mana Ugin cost four. Like you can you can start playing that on like like nothing. You can play that on like turn one elf, turn two, like play this guy. Yeah, I see the potential here. I, I don't think it's as good outside of standard, just because the ramp spells are so powerful in Pioneer Historic Modern that it, it may not be worth wasting a spot on a creature when you could be playing enchantments, which are har- harder to remove and get your you know your whatever type effects, uh, Utopia spells. You guys know what I'm talking about the those enchantments right. they come down. So those type of effects, but it definitely could be right. I mean, black doesn't necessarily have a way to ramp. So like, I think I would honestly be more interested to see this in decks that do not play green and they don't have access to those ramp effects. Uh, maybe in like a mono black where like, Hey, you're trying to play some, some big creature or something like that. I think, I think definitely there's a lot of possibility here. I, I don't think it's better than what green is doing, but I definitely see what you're saying where I've definitely come around on that card being more of a ramp spell and just, Hey, you know, you don't have access to ramp spells. Here's your substitution. Right. I, I just think it's, I think this card is definitely a sleeper hit for like a lot of formats. It's I thought it was a joke. Like I thought this card was like terrible and it's turning out that it, it actually does stuff. So I think this is a, a major riser. I think you hit the nail on the head. This is a great pickup uh, by you because like you said, it none of us, at least for sure, I did not think that it was going to be anything and it, it definitely does stuff. That's for sure. It just feels like if you're playing cards that cost four or more, mm-hmm. I'm like a, ma- a majority of your deck costs four or more. Like it can't go in like the the multicolor mid rangey decks because like it doesn't make Omnath cost any less. It, in fact, it makes them cost more if you foretell Omnath. But like just uh, World Ender, whatever his name is, uh, World Breaker, uh, Ugin, even Emrakul, stupid things like that, just making them cost two less and get them out of your hands so they can't be thought seized away by your opponent. Uh, real big play, and it gets to beat down to why not. Yeah. Also, if there is a Tundra Fumarol deck, you have to play this card. <laughs> I believe because uh, I don't know what else you're doing with three colorless mana. Um, a card I forgot because actually it wasn't in the uh, really the the top deck list was I forgot about uh, a new innovation in Lotus Combo and that they're picking up Bergy. Bergy's a good pickup for that deck. Uh, actually, both sides of Bergy work very well in that deck list, right? The front side gets you extra mana. Once you start having all multitudes of mana from just all the the hidden strings and the poor of the pages triggers, you get to play the back side and start pitching your cards to just dig deeper into the library, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's a very good pickup for that deck list. Gives a little more push after it lost, uh, thankfully lost, Underworld Breach. Uh, I will also tell you guys, uh, I'm big on the rune cycle. Yeah, we were kind of memeing on these because they were so slow to release them. The rune cycle is real. Uh, How I've real? been playing it in historic and in standard, uh, solely just rune decks. And in historic and in standard, they've just been winning way more than it probably should. The combo, for those not in the know, is that there's a two-mana enchantment reduction creature that is also an enchantment that uh, will, of course, reduce everything cost by one with Runeforge Champion, who says you can play runes for one mana, colorless. Uh, it makes all the runes free. Then you just storm through your deck of runes. Boom. Uh, with Saram in uh, Pioneer, you get to draw extra cards. I did play in Historic with Saram and Core Spirit Dancer, but also played without Core Spirit Dancer just to see how it'd be in a more Pioneer-centered uh, format and the blue-white like combo build. There's like a combo build where I just draw the whole deck and play Thassa's Oracle. There's like a weird deck where I just play a bunch of enchantments, then play an all that glitters on something stupid, and it just wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the deck is tier three 
tier 2.5 top tier FNM deck. If FNMs ever come back, mm-hmm. you will not be able to buy foil runes because I have bought them all. Because <laughs> me and all my homies are going to the FNM and playing Pioneer Rune Combo. Can I be I, one of the it, homies? Sure. Yes. It's pretty. It's pretty clear. We still need to read through uh, all the Caltime cards. Because I'm only halfway through. No, no one knows what they do. <laughs> it was we, pointed out. There's a great Reddit thread. I do want to point out here. I want to interrupt here for a second. Yeah. They so went through and calculated the average words per cards of every set. Um, here's the top five: uh, Cold Snap with 28.5 words, Planar Chaos with 28.85 words, The List with 29.3 words. Future Sight with 31 words. Oh, and what's number one? Kaldheim with 32.9 words. Right. <laughs> Just about to round up to 33. Yeah. So we are a two, almost a full two words per card more than Future Sight. We're above Planar Chaos. We're above Cold Snap. And then we're above also the List, Time Spiral, Modern Masters. So many sets. So many creatures and so many just cards, well, especially with like sagas, right? Like sagas are a big word mm-hmm. adder to anything, but it's not just that, right? Like sagas are there and that definitely helps, but like the creatures, the spells, they all just do multiple things. It, this The random red, black rare has multiple abilities that all involve, you know, three sentences each for both abilities. It's just kind of crazy. Mm. There's like, okay, so r- real talk here. They ran out of places to put words on the card, so they went to the back. Yeah. <laughs> they literally flipped him over yeah. and kept writing more words on the back. Here's more stuff I want this card to do. Yeah. I, you know what? The the green god, really, I just don't feel like that's snow enough. So on the back, I wrote you another card. It's just, it's crazy how many words are on these cards. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, no one still knows what Valky does. Clearly not, because it, it took how long to break the format. But like, I was for one of my first games I had played with Valky. I got to live the dream and take it all right. Oops, my opponent still had a fail push. Okay, no big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just going to get their kill, get their arrow back. I still get to know their hand. I get to interrupt what their game plan is, right? And they're not going to be able to play the arrow because they have to take the turn off to kill my guy. Well, they just do something. I forget what the heck they do. They might have cycled a, a um, I don't know, I forget what they did. But point being, they just let me untap, make an arrow make my Valky into an Uro. Guess what? It stays around because it didn't enter the battlefield. Right. And then they're just like, oh, I can't fiddle push that now. Sure can't, bud. Yep. Copy's a copy is a copy. Yeah. Have you all That's sat awesome. down and tried to read Ovar, the all form? I don't sit or I, read, I, so no. I have because obviously I'm working on the Biovisionary deck. I, I just, it's the weirdest card I've ever seen in my entire life. It it doesn't make copies of itself. So it's not a clone. First off, it, this card is not a clone. It does not make copies of itself. It, so it says when you when you cast an instant or sorcery spell, if it targets one or more other permanents you control, create a token that is a copy of one of those permanents. So okay, if we target any of our guys, we can make an extra copy. But then when a spell or ability an opponent controls causes you to discard this card, so from your hand, so this is an ability, if this card is in your hand and you discard it, then you get to create a token, but that token is a copy of target permanent. I just, it's not a copy of Ovar. I just, I don't know what this card does. It's a, it's a complicated card. It gives you more, it gives you extra biovisionary when you quasi-duplicate. That's what matters. There you go. Focus in on what matters, Ricky. Vornaclix stops your opponent's sagas from working and gives you chapter one and two of your sagas as soon as you play them. Yep. Oh, that's an interaction I hadn't thought of. We have to stop Phyrexia. I know. I know. If I can bring you guys into uh, Chris's Degeneracy corner real quick, uh, I, I can confirm that I am working on a list to bring Possibility Storm back that is now going to be Jeskai with uh, my least favorite card in all of Magic the Gathering, Teferi, in order to uh, stop my opponent from casting spells for the rest of the game. Because now we just get to play a Jeskai control deck and Raven's Warning into our combo. Uh, it's dumb that the third chapter of this lets us get cards from our sideboard, is my whole point to that. We gain life, sure. which gives us a solid defensive first chapter. Then we get to potentially draw cards if our little 1-1 connects. 
Uh, I, I've loved this card. This is a card that I've talked about before and its potential there, and I really, really like this card. All right. I got to lay it out, right? I spent all last week playing Giants. How did it go? They they did me dirty with dwarves, right? I mean, we're still going to try dwarves, but they we didn't get the good one drops, and I I think that's really holding the deck back. The Discord was behind me; I was behind it. We were all behind Quackbringer. Quackbringer and? isn't great. It's okay. It's <gasps> not great. It's not as good as I wanted it to be. What? Say it ain't so. The problem. So the problem with giants is right, as I've realized. So like, if we can combo with the Quackbringer, get in the air, like that's great. Otherwise, all your giants being four and five mana. Make the deck so awkward because you don't really get to skip right into it if off of a off of a man, turn one mana dork, right? You don't get to go mana dork into like your Calamity Bear into uh, Tectonic Giant, which is a card that isn't from this set. But uh, that and Calamity Bear, I am higher on. I'm a little lower on Quackbringer. Uh, so I think what I'm wanting to do now with Giants is either do like find a way to make the the Rakdos variant I talked about a little more, maybe make it like Jund. You get things like Seder Wayfinder and Grizzly Salvage. Um, or we just take it a deck that I played on stream that I need to just finalize a bit better and just like mono red devotion. Cause then we get to go like Wily Goblin was such a good card when I was playing it surprisingly with like a Nykthos devotion decklist, right? Like the treasure, it gives you two devotion, gives you a treasure to activate with. Um, the, this seems like a better two drop, and I think that might be because you have the BTE, but BTE doesn't really hit anything. So I was playing like uh, Vol- What's the the sulfur the sulfuric vortex? Is it rupture? Volcanic eruption? Uh, Royal eruption? Yeah. Royal eruption. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That card was okay. It didn't. I never really got like shut off an earl like I wanted to. Um, Red leyline might be the answer for that deck list. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely gonna go back into the uh, the the trenches and try to figure that list out because I think that deck list had some legs. We just had some awkward draws. So like the Quackbringer level is down, but Calamity Bear Tectonic Giant combo that was really doing it for me. That okay. was doing it. That was doing it. Hey, you know what? Opponents can't. Uh, your your four drops are pretty safe out of Fatal Push range unless they can trigger that Revolt right, and they're they're four toughness so. Uh, if you can get, the, if you can just power them out, and you get to, you play a Tectonic Giant, people are like, ah, oh, whatever. Then you send that Calamity Bear the next turn, you attack Tectonic Giant, and now they're taking six of the trigger. If they have no blocks, they're taking six from the attack. It's pretty good. That sounds baller. Yeah. So I'm lower on the Quackbringer, but Calamity Bear and Tectonic Giant stock is way up in my opinion. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and write that on my ticker real quick. And yep. uh, make a note of that for next week. Put that right next to my GameStop stock. There you go. Sell all my Dogecoin, though. Sell. Oh, good, good, good. Sell, sell, sell. Uh, Elon Musk is back on the Bitcoin train, so I think we got to divest from Dogecoin. Oh, oh I see, I see. Okay, Daddy gotcha. Elon. Uh, all right, you guys got any more uh, more cards you got into a little more experience hands-on with that you're really liking or uh, disliking, more or less? I've been living in a, a hole of limited. Okay. So uh, I, I like a lot of cards that are not going to see any Pioneer play at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the thing is we just need a little more time because, again, we're building up through draft because it's the way you have to play, right? Like, sadly, because of it, you know, you can't really build the cards you want to play and test. You have to invest in draft first. So I mean, we my, we have what? a rental account. You could just ask me for the login and you could just go. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. But Arena is the future. So I'll mess around with them. But my whole point with there is like there's there definitely the cards that I've seen do well. I think I'm still looking at some other cards to kind of see, you know, where they're going to shake out. Again, like I, I think the set just has so much potential uh, to do, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. It's just going to be a matter of what gets picked up. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking for Ascendant Spirit to come up in some blue lists. I do think that card's still really good, but we just haven't seen you know, enough adaptations yet to make too many more mm. assessments right now. I will also, say... poor performer, Realm Walker. Oh, yeah? I'm going to tell you the best performer. Okay. Uh, Snow-Covered Mountain? Yeah? Yeah. I threw all the rest of my mountains in the garbage dump. I only own Snow-Covered Mountains now. Uh, I have yet to be punished. I don't think they printed a punished card. <laughs> uh... There's they no did, reason. It punishes, it punishes the poison decks. There's still... Yeah, yeah it does. 
there's still no reason to play your basics. Play Snow Basics. Who cares? That's that's it. PSA over. Also, the uh, frosted glass look in the bottom of the snow snowlands is really dope. And the snow-covered island with the boat is the better snow-covered island, and there will be no arguments with that. Okay. Uh, but anyway, back to Realm Walker. <laughs> um, it's just awkward. Like, three mana is so much. Like, even if you hit it turn two off of a mana dork, there's so many non-creature spells, right? Like, maybe if we're, like, hard, hard tribal. Um, but even, like, I don't think I want to play this in elves, at least main board. It's just such an awkward card. I don't think it really pulls the weight that I wanted it to or people thought it would. I'm with you. I, I never necessarily thought that it was, um, like, going to be super crazy good, but I definitely thought it was going to be better than it is. Mm. You know, like, it's it's nowhere near as good as, like, the conspicuous snoop type effect. Yeah. I, again, I think I think just the three mana was huge. And that's fine, right? Like, we don't necessarily need OP broken two drops every set and OP broken three drops every single set, so... I'm fine with this, you know, the way it is, but definitely not as good as I thought it was going to be. Also, I think that's a good call out by you. A little bit of an underperformer, at least so far, right? Like there, there's probably something out there, but in the style of decks we've seen, you know, meh. All right. Anything else before we uh, head over to Does It Slap? Not for me. No, oh, Chris. Good. You, uh, you know is what it, time it is then. Is it summoning time? It's uh, summoning time. Well, hmm. I was going to do a chant. But now I can't find the chant that I had prepared for tonight. So instead, we'll just do a uh, we'll just do one of these here. It's time for does it slip? All right, this week on does it slap? We have a deck list from Lemon Lyman uh, with just a couple, just a couple Kaldheim cards. But it's a deck I know they've been really testing out and trying with. So I wanted to highlight it. It's Abzan Hero. This deck list, we get to play one Companion Gigant of the Wellspring. We get to play four Deathrite Shaman, four Hero of Precinct, one, four Voice of Resurgence, three Anifens of the Foremost, one General Kudro of Draneth, three Kudro Hound of Athreos, two Siege Rhino, three Vrasco Gagari Queen, three Kaya the Inexorable, four Fatal Push, four Thoughtseize, two Binding of the Old Gods, 23 lands, and our sideboard is... Three Pithing Needle, three Abrupt Decay, two Damping Sphere, two Knight of Autumn, two of Kaya, two Dragon Lord Dramoka. We gotta let have we gotta let Chris have first go at this. I'm it's ready to get affair. this slap rating already. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm already I'm already ready to call this one uh, the 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 best deck in the history of decks we've ever had submitted for doesn't slap. Chris, it doesn't have Witchcraft Talisman. That's okay. I will take two out of three. We have one Kunros. It's so good. It's got so much text. Now, listen, back in my day, which is last year now, uh, we didn't have the Declaration of Independence for text boxes. We had good old-fashioned Vigilance Menace Lifelink uh, with hate bear type effects, you know? This and card looks like this is a small declaration. Yeah, it's a small declaration. This is this is the Federalist Paper of Magic Cards. Yeah, <laughs> this, is the, uh, this is the Confederate Surrender of, uh, of Magic Cards. Very short, you know? And uh, yeah, so we've got our Kroonoros, which, uh, you know, any long-time listeners will know I love Kunros. We've got our Siege Rhinos. What's there more to say? We don't need anything else. Done. But I'll let you guys talk, but... Okay. I'll let you finish. I'm a Kanye. So I, I will say... Go ahead. Uh, based on what they've said, Kaya, phenomenal card. Really? Yeah. That's exciting to hear. Binding the Old Gods. I don't know if they mentioned Binding of the Old Gods, but uh, this is a card I actually like a lot, and I think it's just... A little too... It's like one mana too slow for Pioneer, but if it was three mana, it's probably too good for Pioneer. Right. Or it's too good to be an uncommon, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, this card is so close, in my opinion, to being Pioneer playable. Maybe maybe if Delirium makes a comeback post-Uro, this is a card that sees play. Kaya is insane. I'm going to tell you this right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kaya, she... On a target non-token creature. Uh, so when you ult Kaya... Yeah. And she goes to the graveyard. Mm-hmm. You immediately just get to recast her. Yeah. Uh, like once you ult Kaya, you now forever have a Kaya on your side of the board. Your opponent can no longer kill your Kaya. Uh, two, the plus one ability does way more than you think it does. It makes like a one one flying spirit token, and 
it gives you your card back when it dies, which is insane. And then minus three exile target, non-land permanent, is just a staple now on Planeswalkers. If that's not written on my Planeswalker, I don't know what it's doing in my pack. <laughs> Might as well be in the garbage, because if you can't minus three exile target permanent, like, what do you do? Uh, well, Tibble only exiles an artifact or creature. But I get to cast it. Okay, fair. Right. So, you know. This also costs, uh, I think, five mana. Yeah, it's three or three in Orzov. Right. Tybalt costs three mana in most formats. Let me tell you something. The formats that are on fire. <laughs> we are not losing to Oopsal spells. Between Kunaros and Anafenza, any oh, graveyard yeah. shenanigans, uh, not happening. Kunaros is also stopping... Um, uh, oh, it doesn't stop from the library. That's okay. I was going to say it stops the World Tree combo, but it doesn't look like it does. It doesn't. No, the library is fine. Kunaros only cares about the yard. True enough. Yeah, true yeah. Enough. He served makes sense. The, uh, the tokens you get off of Hero are humans. So just literally casting any multicolored spell that you exile something with Kunro, with a Kudro. General Kudro. Uh-huh. Kudro, Kunaros. This is a deck list that I register on paper and get a game loss because I wrote the wrong number next to the wrong <laughs> K legendary. Yeah. Uh, I think the only thing I want to say about this deck, and I'm going to be the one to say it, we got to play some abrupt decay. And I don't think Vraska Golgari, Golgari Queen is cutting it anymore. I think I'm with you on that, yeah. I think we like, cut... I, 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 like, I like maybe like a one of Vraska, but she generally isn't doing it, especially when we can't ramp into her, right? Right. I think like being able to play like a... A, like Abrupt Decay, which will trigger our hero pre-seek one, uh, get rid of a lot of problem cards on the format right now. Like just, well, actually, everything is big mana now, so maybe not Abrupt Decay, maybe uh, Assassin's Trophy instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can answer like Ugins and uh, turn four Tybalt's. Yeah, your opponent's already going to be able to cast the Ugin, so who cares if they get another land? Right. Uh, so I, I just feel like that we have to, we have to, we gotta, we gotta step in here. I do like Vraska. It's an interesting card, but I think that we need a two-mana removal spell that also turns on our hero. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've, oh, I've yeah? you don't think never so? liked Vraska. Never liked Vraska. Oh, okay. I like her more as a sideboard card for the grindier decks, right? But Or if you have just extra things lying around that you can get rid of. But sometimes I just see too many opponents like start sacking their lands, and I'm just like, you're going to get to the point where you just can't get back in this game because you sack too many lands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One card I'm just, again, every time I see it, I'm just surprised that it was just such a stalwart, right? Even in, and it even sees more play in other formats, just Voice of Resurgence. Just such a good card, you know? Voice I, of Resurgence is like a dollar now, right? Like, go pick this card up. I think it's a, it's like two bucks a piece. Yeah, two to three, I think. The question yeah. is, is the token worth more than the voice itself now? I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the token <laughs> might be worth more than the voice because, uh, you know, this card just does so much. I, I think it's just funny because a lot of the decks are doing things in their own turn, right? Like, we're doing big, dumb stuff. Pioneer is less and less about interaction than where we have, like, Uro and just, hey, I'm going to play Solitaire and jump out of my big stuff. As interaction becomes more common, you're going to see more Voice of Resurgence out there, so... I don't know that it's a good spec or a good investment or anything, but a card that is just obviously we've seen from the past, extremely powerful and a little bit surprised. We're not seeing more of it. Fair enough. We're ready to move to slap ratings. Um, Oh man. Cause I, I I'm pretty happy with that. I, I like adding in a couple of assassin's trophy over potentially Vraska. And uh, you know, I, I, I think death right. Shaman is on the chopping block for me, depending on how good they think that it is just because I, I have not been impressed with the card. We and, well, like we're we don't maybe we maybe we can play some fable passages to like give us some help with it. I think it I think it messes with enough of the format that it's fine and it gives us like a one drop right. Like it's more interesting had, for graveyard. Yeah, if if we have like a turn three hero, we can play it to trigger the hero already, like the same turn. Sure, 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 sure. It does a lot. I mean, it definitely could be draining our opponent, right? Like if we can do more control, like if we want to add more removal spells in, it could do yeah. a lot of work to drain our opponent, right? To finish them off if we need to, or gain mm-hmm. us some life and some of the more aggro decks. So yeah. it's definitely versatile. I definitely think it's going to eat some early removal, but that's removal that's not being used on our hero or whatever else, just depending. Yeah. So. All right. Give it, give it to us, Chris. You get Obviously, you get first pick. Thank you so much. Uh, according to uh, MTG the Goldfish, this deck costs 59 ticks i'm going to give this deck a 69 out of 59 okay all right uh then to get this out here as quick as we can 
I, I didn't actually plan to do it. Uh, so I'm going to give this deck a five out of the uh, starting loyalty of the seven we need to ult Arkaya and make our opponents miserable for the rest of the game. There we uh, go. I'm just going to give this a simple four out of five Siege Rhino Power Tokens. Yeah, yeah, There we yeah. go. There we go. There we go. I've done that before, so I couldn't do it again, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody gets one. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, gentlemen. Thank you for joining this week. Uh, thank you, listeners at home, for tuning in, as always. Remind everyone, Crew3MTG on Twitch and YouTube. I put up about a week, a deck list uh, about once a week. Unfortunately, some stuff happened this last weekend, so there wasn't one for last week. But we'll be back on the ball this week. You know, life happens sometimes. I stream multiple nights a week over on our Twitch channel, Crew3MTG. Reminder, Crew3MTG.com will take you to go look at our two playmats we have on sale right now. Uh, probably try to mix it up a bit, add, add, uh, add a new design every, like, Three, four months or so just to keep things a little fresh, a little di- little thing to keep things rolling on. Um, of course, there's also the Bitly link if you just want to use our affiliate code and then you go buy something else in the store. That'll definitely help us. Let them know that uh, you are supporting us in that way. Of course, it's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Uh, you can find me on Twitter with the official, page, the official Twitter feed at crew3podcast. You can find Ricky at... At also Steve. You can find Chris at... It's underscore Christmas. Christmas has no tea. And that is enough of our shilling. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all the support. The Discord's popping. I want to remind everyone, if you aren't in the Discord, there's always a link in the description of the YouTube videos, of the podcast that go up. Join it. Have fun. These last few weeks especially, Kyle and I have really rehyped things up. There's a lot of fun convo going on. I'm usually working, but I kind of try to jump in and chat with everyone when I can, so it's always good See everyone have a good time. Be super awesome to each other. And just share the love of magic. There we go. All right. We'll talk to you all guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.